1: in the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right
1: now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void webred prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes,
1: living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point. but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska.
0: The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis, located in a nasty, sick little Nebraska desert. Today, we are jacked. We are super excited to be joined by current Truman State head men's basketball coach, Iowa Hawkeye basketball legend,
2: Mr. Jeff Horner.
0: How's it going?
2: It's going good. So I'm pretty pumped up after that uh, introduction, too. So it's uh Get, get going. I'm, I'm glad you specified that that wasn't your guys' kids. So. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I liked it.
0: <laughs> we had to because it was like every interview we've done. The, the, the interview, we spend the first five minutes talking about how that's not our kid and how we <laughs> set the whole thing up. And he, uh, the Hawkeye Hype kid's awesome. He does a great job and he does a lot. He just released his own Hawkeye Hype video for the year. So, wow. Uh, yeah, he's, he's gotten to be a pretty big deal. So, but speaking. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to be a pretty big deal coach for all the Hawkeye fans that may not know. I am pretty sure mostly everyone does know update us on where you're at in your career right now. Um, coaching at Truman state. I've been there. It's a beautiful campus um, division two program. Tell us about how things are going there and how the family is.
2: Uh, things are going really well. So I'm entering my fourth year as the head coach here. I was at the university of North Dakota, uh, before that, as director of basketball operations and an assistant, and so um, you know things are going really good here. Wanted to make the step again to be a head coach, and Truman State's known for having a lot of Iowa people, uh, that type of thing. So I'm I'm extremely excited. I think we've done pretty well here. My first year here, um, you know, brought in kind of a different new style. Than the last coach had and and they were they were pretty good here uh you know before i was here too as well and had some great kids and we went through some injuries my first season which you know was tough but our kids kept fighting and then the second season um, ended up winning the glvc conference and uh unfortunately because of corona uh we got uh we were on the bus to indianapolis and the big ten tournament had canceled the day before that so i knew Probably a uh, good chance that was going to happen to us as well. And we got about four hours on the road and got told to turn back. Um, And then last year, you know, we were fortunate to just get to play basketball at all. We had a really good season, uh, won the conference again. um, And then we were able to get to the elite eight, which um, they haven't done here, you know, for, for a while now, I think 1999, uh, that was the last team that went to the final four here at Truman state. And um, so it's, it's, been an awesome ride so far and I'm, I'm pumped up to get this season going. We got a lot of guys back from last year and uh, ranked sixth in the country right now which is awesome but it also puts a target on your back too as well. Yeah.
1: And for those old guys like myself, uh, Truman State would be the old Northeast Missouri State in Kirksville, uh, Missouri. So, you know, and tell us a little bit more, Coach, about your upcoming season. Who are some of the players? You know, what what have you got returning? And uh, I mean, the, as you said, you're, you're, uh, you know, sixth in the first preseason poll. Um, you know, what what have we got to look forward to as far as uh, the Truman State team?
2: Yeah, well, just talking a little bit about, you know, who we lost last year. We lost our point guard. His name is Turner Scott, who also is a, a Valley grad, which we might get into a little bit later. So I'm not a Valley grad, but coach there and Coach Turner. Um, and he was, you know, kind of the glue that kind of kept everything together. You know, six foot point guard, maybe 5'10". I don't know. You know, we'll exaggerate a little bit. But uh, he, uh, you know, like I said, he he was our leader. He kept everything together and just really knew how to play the game was kind of a second coach on the floor. And so when you lose that guy who plays 35 minutes for you at the point guard position, uh, you know, you got to find, you know, someone to come in and do that. And I do believe that we got four guys possibly to be able to do that. And we'd like to play two point guards at the same time anyways. Um, But we have a kid named Hunter Strait who went to Ankeny Centennial who uh, he's entering his fourth year in the program, Um, you know, started two years ago, Asked him to come off the bench last year, accepted his role, which was, you know, awesome to really see. And then we got a kid named Mason Miller, who's from Iowa City, Regina, actually. Uh, he was the freshman of the year in our league last year and uh, kind of plays a little bit like Steph Curry in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying he's Steph Curry, but uh, he's got a quick release. He's probably the best shooter I've ever coached, and that's not a knock on Peter Jock either. So um, oh, yeah. it's, uh, he's just, you know, he's just got a really quick trigger. Uh, another kid that we have is uh, Sam Nissen from Prior Lake, Minnesota. He'll be entering his third year here and, and uh, you know, just a tough, hard-nosed kid. And then we have a freshman coming in, Trey Shear from Montezuma, Iowa, who, uh, you know, he's a freshman. He's, he's learning, but he keeps on getting better every day. And so we got those guys coming in to replace them. And uh, we bring back an All-American, our big guy in Cade McKnight from Grinnell, Iowa, who was the player of the year last year in the GLBC averaged about, I think it was 18 points, six rebounds, something like that. Um, But, you know, he's back. And so we're going to ask a lot more out of him, be more aggressive, that type of thing. I know that's probably a lot to ask for a guy who averaged 18 a game, but um, he's been doing a great job with that. And then we have another kid from uh, Sioux City healing, Elijah Hayes camp, our three man who started his career at North Dakota and, ended up coming here who really came on late last year for us. And so we're excited about him and another Iowa guy, Dylan Peters from Davenport Assumption. (laughs) So um, he's he's kind of one of those long, lanky uh, power forwards that, you know, will dunk on you in a heartbeat. And uh, we just we got a lot of Iowa kids, as you can see. And and so we're just really excited about the upcoming season.
1: And uh, I, I got to, sorry, Adam, to cut you off, but I got to commend you coach because as I was going down the roster, you mentioned Mr. Peters and then um, you've got another player and the names escape me right now, but recruiting hotbed of Eldridge, Iowa. Yeah. yeah. I got to give a shout out to Eldridge. I grew up there my early okay. years till about till my junior high age and, they were nowhere near a recruiting hotbed 100 years ago when I was there. But anyway, I, yeah. I had to give a little shout out to Eldridge on that one. That yeah. was pretty cool. Well, when, I was
2: th- at, when I was at North Dakota, we uh, we had uh, Cortez Seals and Marlon Stewart too, as well. So yeah. you know, we we plucked a lot from the from from there so it's it's well, definitely it's it's definitely getting it's getting good basketball there sure. <laughs> shout out to the lancers so yep. anyway <laughs> no i feel like we're getting
0: some nba references here bringing up like steph curry and things like that now jeff does jerry remind you a little bit of a, a young vladi divak a little bit mm-hmm. who's that Vla-
1: vladi <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah jerry vladi divak <laughs> It's oh, the well, facial. Hey, it's know, the facial hair. I can see. I can see the face there. I think if you, you know, if you had a cigarette, from the sounds of what Blatt did, you know, smoking on the bench, um, I think that'd be better.
0: <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff's legendary. He's like, he, he was a crafty looking guy. I mean, down in the down in the post, you'd look at him and be like, that is not a basketball player. He looks like someone that like works in a hardware store, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he he can play some hoops, but. Going back to um, a little bit to the roots, now you were able to play for your dad out of Mason City. Tell us a little bit about that experience, being able to play for your dad and then coming out of high school, a little bit about your recruitment process.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, playing for my dad, uh, it was it was up and down. Uh, there's no doubt about that. We're two both pretty hard headed people. And um, and so, you know, my freshman and sophomore year, I'm 14, 15 years old. And I'm playing varsity for my dad and there's probably a lot of people possibly in town who, you know, don't think I should be up playing varsity as a freshman, you know, that type of thing too. And so yeah. I, I think that just kind of added to a lot of things, but it also, I'm kind of the you know type of person that I want to prove people wrong, I guess you could say. And so it just kind of fueled my fire a little bit there, but, you know, the first two years, it was tough. Um, like I said, I, I, you know, I needed to grow up quite a bit and, uh, you know, my dad was was definitely hard on me, you know, and then I think my junior and senior year, um, we started to see things a lot more eye to eye, that type of thing. Not, not that it was bad. My freshman, and sophomore year, it was just, I was just an immature kid, you know, yeah. and uh, some people would say I'm still an immature kid, but uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I love playing for my dad. Uh, you know, I'll never forget the last time when, I think it was one of the last state tournaments at Vets Auditorium in Des Moines. Uh, you know, we got beat by Ankeny in the state tournament and, you know, him and me were the last ones coming out of the locker room and, you know, just give him a big hug. And it's one of those things where when it's done, you know, you don't want it to end. You did not want it to end. But when when you're going through it, you know, it's like it goes so fast, you know, yeah. and you don't want it to ever stop. And it was, it was tough, um, you know, to, to have it end like that. But, uh, you know, my dad is, I think, a, a really good players coach. I, you know, I he never told anyone to turn down a shot. So, including me, I probably shot too much. So, but – um, you know, he, he definitely taught me a lot of things about the game. And obviously he's one of the first people that I go to for coaching now when I need, you know, uh, quite a bit of advice, but, uh, just playing for him, it, it was awesome. And, and, I'll never definitely never forget it. That's for sure.
1: So growing up in Mason City, Jeff, also, how big of an influence was Dean Oliver on you growing up? I know He would probably had you by about, what, four or five years, somewhere in there? Or... Yeah, so
2: he would have been in seventh grade. I would have been in seventh grade when he was a senior in high school. And so, you know, obviously, with my dad being the coach, uh, I was a little rug rat that was, you know, on the on the floor and, you know, challenging guys to play pig or horse um, and, you know. I think I got shoved in a locker one time, you know, that type of thing. But <laughs> I, I got out. So, uh, we, we call it hazing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, But, no, Dean was was always my idol growing up. Um, and my sister actually was in his, his grade, too, as well. And, and my sister's best friend uh, is who Dean is married to now as well, too. So we, we just, you know obviously was really close with, with his family and her family and all that. And so I still talked to Dean quite a bit, but Dean was, you know, the types of things that Dean was able to do, you know, I still think he's one of the best high school players to ever play in Iowa. And, uh, you know, he was fun to watch and definitely a great role model to be able to look up to for sure.
0: Jerry, I got to say, whenever I see Dean Oliver on the sidelines of Wisconsin, it just doesn't look right. Like, <laughs> they're just like, what are you doing over there, man? Did you wander to the wrong sideline? But... <laughs> yeah you got to respect him and he's got to get coaching career going and um you know we're really happy for him we just we wish him all the success just not against us yep. so. <laughs> that's so take, that's the, go ahead Trey.
1: So, so so go ahead and take us step further jeff because you you know you kind of touched on a little bit as a freshman maybe the parents not being happy but you got offered by Iowa was a freshman didn't yeah.
2: you and when, yep. and, yeah yeah uh you know and, so yeah so going basically uh I was in driver's ed, I think the day that I announced that I was going to Iowa and I just got done driving in a, a car with, you know, it said student driver on it. And so, uh, you know, being able to watch Dean and the stuff that he went through and I was able to go down to quite a few Iowa games when he was doing that because my dad um, went down too as well. And obviously I was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll tag along, you know, and uh, so it was It was good to be able to see that you know the first letter i ever got was from tom davis in seventh grade uh which was you know obviously really cool i think i had been at one of their basketball camps and then um you know he obviously knew my dad and and dean and and so you know when when basically you know coach alford came in and, and got the job and i think i i'm pretty sure that i was the first guy to commit to him at Iowa. Um, not the first guy to get to campus, obviously, but the first guy to, to commit. And I, I just knew I always wanted to be a Hawkeye. And I did commit when I was a freshman in high school. And uh, you're, I think you're starting to see quite a, quite a few more people getting offered at earlier ages and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, I just knew I wanted to be a Hawkeye. And so it was an easy decision for me.
0: All right, Jeff. Uh, Mr. Greg Bruner, just recently, a good friend of yours and a former uh, Nebraska Hawksness alum we've had on and interviewed, uh, just got, I believe, his 46th degree from the University of Iowa, is it, Jeff? um, Tell us about your relationship with Greg and his educational journey that
1: seems to be just never-ending. Well, we got a little flashing, but there's his
2: announcement today, so... (laughs) There we go. That's, that's great. That's great. <laughs> uh, you know, we always, uh, we, I love Greg, you know, I mean, obviously we've been really good friends. It started when I think I was, we were in like fourth grade. Uh, he came up to basketball camp from Mason city, from Charles city. And, and uh, we always went at it. So we were always competitors. And then obviously he grew, you know, quite a bit. Uh, you know, some still think he's probably six, four, six, five, even though he's listed at six, seven type of thing uh, but he's, you know, he's always been a really good friend of mine, you know, one of my best friends for sure. Um, but you know, I I tell you what, he's graduated quite a few times here in the past couple of (laughs) years, masters, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what other degree he can get, but we were actually texting last night and, uh, I had fallen asleep. So I didn't get a chance to, to make fun of his post a little bit there, but, uh, we always kind of have that, that brotherhood where we make fun of each other and that type of thing. And, know, um, When I was going through some, uh, health issues, you know, a couple of years ago, he came down with me and sat with me, um, during chemo for, for a week too, as well, which was, you know, awesome to, to have one of your friends sitting there, even though I was not, not quite in it, I guess you could say. So, but, uh, you know, we'll, we're always really good friends and, but, uh, in the end, you know, we're, we're quick to, we're quick to jab at each other too. <laughs> well,
1: he's, pet- he's petitioning for an extra year of eligibility for golf, um, is there any chance that we could see a Horner, Haleska, Bruner golf team at Iowa if you all had like you know if you all had like some golf eligibility? Left? Well, I can tell
2: you this. I mean, I just had hip surgery about three or four months ago, so <laughs> the, the golf. The golf game for me is is struggling a little bit right now, but uh, okay. you know, I, I'm glad to see that Greg has gotten better at golf because he's still the only guy that I've <laughs> seen put the ball between his legs twice in one round. So um, it sounds like, you know, the last time I played with him, you know, he's gotten a lot better, that's for sure. <laughs> we thought about
0: pit, uh, pitching – him uh, a student loan debt consolidation contract with SoFi to see if he could be their spokesperson because there's no way he doesn't have student loan debt. That guy's got to have a ton of it for sure.
2: He's got to get an NIL endorsement. You know, we didn't have that yeah. back in the day, so he's got to he's got to look into that, see where he can see where he can get it from.
1: <laughs> so Jeff, you touched on it real quick, and if we can just kind of find out, can you give us an update on your health? It was 2019, I believe, when you had your diagnosis, and uh, how are things going for you? And uh, and what's your current prognosis?
2: Yeah, it's going it's going really well. Uh, you know, two uh, about it would have been about three years ago. I was diagnosed about well, two and a half years. I I don't know. I try to knock it out of my memory a little bit, but. Sure. Uh, um, you know, I was diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer and, uh, you know, had surgery. And then, you know, you don't you don't really know. You know, I'm talking to my urologist and then he says, uh, oh, yeah, you know, you are probably you're having your lymph nodes, too. So you're probably going to have to do a little bit of chemo. And, you know, I'm thinking, all right, well, chemo, you know, it'll be I'll do it one one day and then I'll get like a week off and then do it, you know, another day. And then all of a sudden I went down to Columbia and they are like, oh yeah, you're going to have to do five days in a row and then you get two weeks off and then five days in a row and then two weeks off and you're going to have to do that four times. And I was like, oh man, you know, so it was uh, it was definitely a shock, but um, you know, and obviously it was, it was right at the start of my second season here at Truman state too. So um, you know, it was one of those things where my dad came down the first week and sat with me. And so he was um, we actually stayed in a hotel and then the next time I did it, I was like, I need to go home and see my kids and my family, and and uh, and make sure that you know I kind of re-energize each day. I guess you could say because it was definitely it was definitely tough. But um, you know, health wise, I'm doing really well. Actually, I did uh, my last chemo treatment two years ago. Yesterday was the last right. time. So um, we actually played uh, Finley uh, University, who we play on Saturday. We played them on that day, and I had to miss that game. And I still remember yelling at my TV, watching the game, you know, that type of thing. And so, um, but health is all good and uh, definitely uh, makes you a stronger person and, and, and definitely gives you a softer heart for, for quite a few other things too as well.
0: Well, Jeff, it's, uh, it's been noted that you've had a pretty strong relationship with coach Steve Alford, um, the former Iowa basketball coach. And can you um, let us kind of bring us inside on what your relationship is like with him and what type of guy coach Alford is? And uh, do you guys still keep in touch?
2: Yeah. You know, I think, I think when you, well, you know, obviously like I, we were talking about earlier, I was his first, you know, recruit. And so, I've known him since I was 14 years old. I'm 38 years old now, you know, so that's, you know, 24 years, if my math is correct, but um, you know, known him for a long time. And, you know, when we were at Iowa, um, you know, the player coach relationship, especially with a point guard I think is is probably different than, you know, a lot of other players, that type of thing, just because, you know, he's expecting you to be a you know second part of, of him being on the floor, that type of thing. And so, you know, our relationship was always really good. And, and I definitely think he's a player's coach. And, you know, I think people kind of see sometimes in the locker room um, it, it's you're, if you're a coach, you find out that it, it's harder than what you think, you know, as far as keeping everybody happy, um, you know, because yeah. everybody wants to play. If, if you go play any type of sport, you know, a lot of times the competitive edge takes over. And if you don't get the chance that you feel like, you know, you deserve, I think it's, it's hard for guys to think, well, coach doesn't care about me. And, um, you know, I think sometimes that's, that's probably the hardest thing in coaching is, you know, after, after a win, I'm more worried about the guys that didn't get to play because they work just as hard as everyone else in practice, or they work hard on their own time, that type of thing. And, and, um, you know, so it's one of those things where, where coach and I have a good relationship. I would say we probably talk about, you know, once a month or so right around in there. Um, and, being in the coaching world, you always need help from other coaches. And, you know, like Brian Jones was an assistant coach, assistant coach at Iowa when I was there and he was at North Dakota, the head coach of North Dakota. So that's kind of how I got hooked up with that job out there. And um, Greg Lansing, who was an assistant uh, at Iowa too, as well was the head coach at Indiana state. And so he, you know, he brought our Truman state team in a couple of times to play, to play us. And obviously those are good money games for us to be able to do that. So, you got to definitely have uh, other coaches around to be able to help you out. And I think that's, that's kind of how you see a lot of coaches making their way in the world today. But Coach and I still, so like I said, we, we probably talk once a month, whether it be over text, that type of thing. And, um, you know, we, we have a good relationship, and, uh, you know, I wish all the best for them.
1: So, Coach, so uh, you know, on that note, did you guys connect quite a bit, though, too? Because, you know, Steve played for his dad in high school, Sam, who was an assistant coach on that staff as well. And, uh, you know, was there any kind of a bond then along those lines with, you know, you being playing for your dad and, and such and the guard? There was a lot of parallels there. I mean, was that all kind of commonalities? And then what were your impressions of Sam Alford while you coached there as well? I think he gets kind of forgotten a lot of times.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think Coach saw a lot in me of himself and especially probably just more in the competitive nature. Um mm-hmm. him and I were <laughs> two, two peas in a pod when it comes to being competitive, I guess you could say. And, uh, you know, the heat, coach always used to have play three on three with, with some of his freshmen and uh, it, it magically stopped when I got there. I think because he thought we probably would have fought each other at some point. So, <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just kind of how competitive both of us are really. And, and uh, so I think he really saw a lot of that, you know, in me from, you know, from him in his playing days. And, and obviously just being a coach's son, I think that, um, you know, that's something that, you know, I know he cherished extremely a lot. You know, Coach Sam Alford was on the bench with us too as well and was able to, you know, as you get older, you start to calm down a little bit more in coaching, uh, you know, a little bit. And I think he kind of provided that, you know, perspective, um, to you know, coach, as, as far as that goes, and, and really helped with you know calming things down sometimes when you know things got out of hand, or hey, you know we can get through this. Just just relax and we'll and we'll move on. So he was kind of a little bit that calming present presence sometimes that I think you know really helped everyone out. Uh,
1: all right, so, coach, so we were so, so go ahead, Jerry. Oh no, I just was going to say so there was there was never a game of horse, there was never a free throw contest, there was never. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. Where was who, that? Who came
1: out on top of those?
2: <laughs> well, it, I would say he came out on top more. Uh, <laughs> he he could he could shoot it. I mean, there was no what what I ended up started doing. I got smart about it. I took him out to NBA range, and he he, <laughs> 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 he, he struggled a little bit, you know, hmm. doing that. So that's when I was able to get him a little bit.
0: <laughs> All right, we're gonna get a real serious question here. We got you. We got Adam Haluska, We got Greg Bruner, and we got Steve Alford all of you guys are playing knockout who's going to win and who's going to get last place.
2: Oh man. Bruner for sure is getting last place. <laughs> there's, there's absolutely zero doubt in my mind about that. Um, I'll, I'll just be nice. I, I think, I think it comes down to probably Adam and coach and, uh, I think I'll I'll give Adam the nod since he's more athletic. He can get to his misses probably a lot quicker than what coach could. (laughs) All
1: right. All right. Um, Fair enough. We'll take that one because I think Adam Darnier won the state champions team championship in track and field for Atlantic back in the day. So he was was pretty athletic. But on that note, we just got to share. Adam and I have talked about this before, Jeff, and we talked to Greg Bruner about it too. But this has to be one of the sickest photos of Iowa basketball we have ever seen. And that is just that is one of our that's one of my all time favorites. I think it was that's my desktop during so cool. basketball season last year. But do you remember that moment, Greg? Greg did. But I did. Are you curious? Do you remember what was going on there?
2: Oh yeah, he uh, he ran to the rim. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
1: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before
0: my kid's PTA meeting.
1: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No proof is necessary. Void prohibited by law.
1: 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And there was two, uh, there was two Michigan State bigs, and I, I'm pretty sure I threw up pinpoint pass and he caught it like a tight end in football and went up and and dunked it. And that was probably the loudest I've ever heard Carver. And there was one other time in the game too, when Doug Thomas stole it and went coast to coast and, and dunked on him. And those two, those two moments were definitely the loudest I've ever, I've ever heard Carver um, when I was there, I can say that, you know, and, and I would say they'd probably have to be up there for moments like that. But uh you know, that, that that photo goes around quite a bit, and uh, I definitely remember it, you know, <laughs> pinpoint on it, so no doubt. <laughs>
0: How sick were those gold uniforms back then? Like, those are the best of all time. Like, those are the best, I think, Iowa basketball uniforms we've ever had.
2: Yeah, I like the, uh, I, I kind of like the cursive ones. Those uh, are cool. Yeah, we didn't have, we we've never got those, so now that the, the Iowa team's got them now, you know, I think those are pretty cool. Uh, but i i love the gold uniforms it's kind of now it's you know the, those those uniforms now looking back on it obviously still being in basketball were so heavy though i mean they oh, were, were they? You know, now now the material is like thin but you could you know you're not putting holes in it or anything like that it's staying together and so yeah. that was uh that was my that was the biggest thing is that the the material was just you know a little bit heavy especially when you got going and got sweaty a little bit but uh, I love the gold uniforms for
1: sure. Yes. So you're officially of the age where you're telling your kids back in my day, we had to deal with this and, you know, all these other things. And so. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, but, no doubt. You know, bef- you know, before we go off the Steve Alford subject though, Jeff, what, uh, what what do you think is the biggest misconception fans had about Alford when he coached there? I mean, from what you've heard. Yeah, I think, you
2: know, in my opinion, um, you know, I, I'm kind of one of those guys that, that says things the way they are um, and I'm okay with that. You know, um, I feel like I am honest about stuff too, as well. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest things obviously was when coach, uh, you know, the way he handled the Pierre-Pierre situation. Um, and, you know, I, I know Pierre and, and I've known him and I, I think I saw him, you know, two years ago when I was going through chemo, he was back in the Iowa football game and I talked to him then and, um, you know, just about stuff. And, and I think that where coach, you know, he didn't, he wasn't, you know, it didn't sound like he was sorry for the victim. Um, and I think that was probably the biggest thing that, you know, probably came out because, you know, when you're a coach and your players, they're like your sons, right? And so when your son says, dad, I didn't do it, um, when they're little kids, you probably don't believe them (laughs) a lot of times because you know, they're doing something, but when they're older, um, it's, it's hard not to believe them, you know? And, um, but I think that's probably the biggest thing where coach, you know, went wrong was there was, you know, it it didn't seem like he was heartfelt about, you know, the victim. And and I I think he said that, you know, later on in his time where, um, I think he got asked when he was at UCLA or something like that. And, um, And, you know, but in the end, I know coaches, I know he he cared about the entire situation, not just, you know, his player, you know, going to jail or anything, you know, it was one of those things. So I think, I think that was, you know, if, if something like that happened again, I believe that he would definitely handle it differently. Um, And so I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions because, you know, people nowadays, I mean, they'll, you know a lot of Hawkeye fans, they struggle with that. And I, I understand, I completely understand that. And so I think he, he, you know, that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, he was cold hearted a little bit in a sense and, and cared about, you know, himself. And so um, being in the locker room, I could tell that he cared about me um, and, and our guys that were in the locker room. And I, I think that, You know, he was very guarded when he was growing up because he was such a big name back in Indiana that it was, all right, are people trying to use him, those types of things. And so I think I think that's those are probably the two biggest things that, you know, I think if coach had to do it all over again, I I do think that he would do things differently. And, um, you know, I think I think people would want him to do things differently, too, as well.
0: All right, coach. I know you've been asked about this a million times and have spoken on it at length, but we have to at least touch on it. That 2005, 2006 run in the big 10 tournament, how magical that was and how much fun that was to watch. Can you pull us inside a little bit about what that experience was like, what the feeling was in the locker room as you guys went on that run and just how it felt to make a run through the tournament
2: like that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it starts a little bit before that, right? Because we were, we were on pace to win the big 10 regular season title. And obviously that hasn't happened at Iowa for a long time. And, you know, we go on the road, we stumble at a couple of places, which we shouldn't have, but in the end that's, that's basketball. You know, I mean, we go, I think we went to Minnesota who wasn't, you know, the greatest team that year, but they were capable of, of, you know, beating good teams and, and uh, we lose that game. And basically in the end, it, you know, it, it, it kind of almost lost us the, the big 10 regular season championship in a sense. And so, you know from then on when we finished second place you know our whole thought process was all right we want ohio state again you know it doesn't doesn't matter when it's going to be or anything like that we just we want to be able to play them and so uh, we knew we were going to have to you know get to the big Ten tournament championship to do that and you know we come out and we play the team that basically ended our chances of winning a big 10 regular season championship in minnesota and they came out they had played the day before And I always think that if you get to play in the arena the day before, the second game is easier than the first game. But I think when you get to that third day and you try to play, you know, I think it's tough on the legs and that type of thing. But the second day is always the scariest in my opinion. And so we we, we were able to go out. We played really well. Um, And then, you know, we obviously got the win. And then we played against a Michigan State team who just runs and guns and and is super athletic. And, you know, we come out on top there. We grind it out. And then – you know, we get who we want in Ohio State with, with Terrence Dyles and Jaquel Foster and and those guys, and so it, it uh, you know it's like all right, well, you know we only got to play you once during the regular season, we beat you, and you're the Big Ten champion, so let's go. Um, yeah. And that's 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 where we were kind of at with it because you know it's hard, right? Like that year we go two and zero against Ohio State, um, you know, in the regular season and then the Big Ten tournament, and so. We're just saying to ourselves, "Well, the Big Ten regular season championship got away from us." But um, being in there and just seeing all the Iowa fans going crazy and wild—I'll never forget it. Too after we won, we were coming off the floor, and some guy gave me a kiss on the cheek. He's like, hey, "Go off!" You know, I was like, "Yeah!" You know, you know, waters being thrown all over the place and stuff. And um, it was definitely the best moment I've ever had, uh, basketball-wise, especially playing that, you know, you'll always think about it. You'll always remember it. You still see photos of it. You still see sometimes you, you go somewhere, just a random place in Iowa, and they got pictures up of, you know, Bruner hugging me or, you know, us getting the, the Big Ten Tournament trophy. And it was just – it was awesome. And, um, you know, I was just excited to be, definitely be a part of that. And, um, you know, unfortunately it didn't end after that, the way we wanted it to, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's a moment that you'll never forget for sure.
1: Well, and, and touching on Northwestern State game. I mean, we have to relive that as Hawkeyes. We have to relive that shot. It seems like year in and year out every time they show the highlights, but, <laughs> you know, contrast it emotionally, Jeff, cause it was, it was a hard fought battle. I think, I think Greg had talked to, you know, they were more of a veteran team than what everybody realized and such. And, you know, take that, you're, you, you know, you go from the highest of high on a Sunday, And then the following, you know, Thursday, Friday, I mean, you hit that. I mean, how difficult was that for you as a player to to, to process all that?
2: Yeah, it was was hard, uh, especially because you just I think when you play sports, you know, a lot of people you obviously want to win. I mean, right. That's that's your that's the biggest Mm -hmm. thing. And that's what players and coaches and fans, we all want is for our team to be the best. Mm -hmm. And I knew you know, once that was over with and we're standing there in the court, my biggest thing was, all right. Cause I I, I do think we could have made a, a really good run, you know, that year. And I say, you know, obviously you think about that, but then I think, well, I'm not going to get to play with my best friends anymore, <laughs> you know? And it's just like in high school too, right? I grew up with these guys and we're best buddies and I don't get to play with them anymore. And I think that that's when I got back to the locker room, I think, and you see everybody with their heads down and crying and, um i think that was probably you know the 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 biggest emotional roller coaster ride i've had you know in a week but then you get down the line you have a family you have kids you get diagnosed with cancer and now you're sitting here saying okay you know like that's while it's an important time in my life and it means a lot it's now you're at a point in your life where you know other yeah. are definitely more important than a basketball game you Man. know and i know that's hard for it's hard for, trust me i think about it every single day i'm like god that sucked i know yeah. fans get that too you know so it just it's just tough for sure but
1: that to that point as a 22 to 23 year old your sample size of life is nowhere near what it is like what you've said right now so it's, it's easy to understand and i mean that that was so much of a part of your guys' identity back then when you played. So, I mean, that's that's always kind of why I like to ask the question about, you know, just, you know, how difficult was it to process those things for you guys where that was such a big part of your identity at that moment?
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think, too, I think, I think the way, uh, you know, we faced the media after that was indicative of the people that we are, too. Um, I think that, you know, could have easily just – you know, put a towel on and went to the shower. Mm-hmm. And said, I don't want to talk to anybody, but, um, you know, we all, our whole team faced the media and, and I was just, you know, those are things that you, you know, become more proud of as, as the years go on for sure.
0: All right, coach, I've been perplexed on this for a long time and I want you to set me straight. Okay. So you got a team that wins the regular season championship in basketball, and then you got a, another team that wins the conference tournament, which one's the true champion.
2: I think I think it's the regular season champion. That's my that's my opinion on it um, because I think once you get into a tournament setting, and 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 this is also the case in a regular season, anyone can beat anyone. But I feel like it's a definitely a bigger sample size. Um, you know, it's kind it's it's, it's kind of like uh, in my opinion, it's like college football right now, right? You have four mm-hmm. teams and. Basically, you have a committee that just kind of, you know, picks who they think the four best teams are and, you know, everyone else just kind of gets left out, (laughs) even though maybe they played really well throughout the whole year, but maybe they don't get a chance to, to, you know, the underdog story, not not get a chance to get in there. But my thing is the regular season, um, but I also understand why people pick the, the tournament champions too as well.
1: Well, but it, it does make it nicer too because again, you guys, you know, as you're talking about coming down the stretch with the conference tournament, I mean, it gives you guys another shot to get in to get that automatic bid and not have to wait for the you know the the selection show too. So it, it it's a good thing. But it was just curious to see what you're what the input of somebody from the inside might be on that. So, but so go ahead and take us then, Jeff. Beyond that, you know, uh, we could sit there and talk about your Iowa career all day. I mean, I think you're my gosh, you know, among the Big Ten leaders still in so many statistics as well as, you know, Hawkeye history. And we we, we know you've only got a certain window of time. So kind of take us then to after your Iowa career, then what were your opportunities professionally? Um, you know, and how did you end up overseas like you did? And, uh, and, and take us kind of through the progression there.
2: Yeah. So after I was done, um, you know, playing at Iowa, uh, ended up uh, signing with an agent and then ended up getting uh, worked out uh, for the Denver Nuggets, Detroit Pistons, and also went down to uh, Orlando and worked out in front of uh, every NBA team down there, too, as well. Uh, didn't get a chance to play summer league. Um, I thought I'd have that opportunity, and that didn't come my way my first year and, and got a really good deal over in Belgium um, mm-hmm. my first year and. and you know you get over there and and i'm like i don't know what to expect or anything like that you know are people going to speak english am i going to have trouble with the language i was a picky eater what's the food gonna be like you know and so I'm, I'm sitting there and and uh i'm like all right and that first year i really struggled right away uh really the first time that i was away from my family for uh, you know Mm -hmm. that far away where it's like all right i can't just drive home if i if i really needed to talk to anyone or anything like that and um you know so i struggled with that just being homesick a little bit and then um went home for christmas came back after christmas and just started to play really well and uh but my team in belgium was a bunch of awesome guys like i'm still friends with quite a few of them till this day and, and talk to them every once in a while too as well and so I think that made things a lot easier. Um, And so we were able to make it to the finals uh, my first year, which was cool. And Brunner was actually only like 50 minutes away from me that first year, too. So we we saw each other and drove to each other quite a bit, especially when we had off days, those types of those types of things. And and then uh, going into my second year, I didn't get home until like June 20th. And then I got was able to be on the Houston Rockets summer league team. And they ended up drafting uh, Aaron Brooks, who was a point guard at Oregon at the time. And as soon as they drafted him in the first round, I was like, oh man, I'm not going to get to play, you know, a whole lot. So I think I played like five minutes a game or something like that when I went out there, but um, you know, did, did my thing, that type of thing. And then, and then I actually, so I left there July 2nd or went, went to Vegas on July 2nd and we were out there till like July 20th. And then all of a sudden my agent's like, Hey, I got a great deal for you in Paris um, but you got to leave in like five days. <laughs> I, was, oh. I, I was like, and it, there was just no time in between that year or it, during that summer where it was like, all right, you just going to kind of go back and hang out. But, you know, had to, had to take it. So I went over there. I uh, was on the team for two months and they ended up cutting me. Um, actually, Kelvin Torbert and uh, Jaquel Foster were on that team and um, Taj Gray, who also played at Oklahoma And so we all got to be pretty close, pretty close friends, you know, during that time. And so when they cut me, it was kind of tough because they wanted to bring in a point guard that, that could really score. And I was like, well, why don't you tell me that you needed me to score? I would have done that. You know, I didn't, I didn't think I, I didn't think you needed that from me. You got these three other guys over here, you know, type of thing. But um, it's one of those things where, you know, like I said, I got cut and then I actually ended up uh, signing with the, the G league or the D league team back then, the Iowa energy Uh, Nick Nurse it was his first year Um, he kind of got that whole thing going and and so it was really cool to be able to stay home and do that you know NBA guys were going up and down it was it was a tough year it was like you know you play a little bit here sometimes and then this and then about the last 15 games of the year um, Holuska got uh, he got he ended up getting uh, waived I think it was got traded to Houston got waived and so then he came down to the energy and it was him, me, and Curtis Stinson in the backcourt. And so it was kind of just cool to see, you know, us all kind of playing because we, we played the game the right way, you know. And I think that when you get in those situations, it's hard, right, because everybody wants to get called up to the NBA. So it's, I got to do my thing. How can I, you know, sure. show up here, this and that. And I was like, I, I just want to win. I don't, yeah. you know. Sure really care about that.
1: <laughs> so so Nick nurse whatever happened to him, did he ever go on and do anything
2: then? <laughs> yeah. So he didn't want, you know, I, I think he's best known for just a, a G League championship. Uh, you know, he's yeah, he was he was great to play for, you know, but he uh you know I'm not surprised to see, you know, how well he's done in the coaching world. He's you know one of the smarter guys I know basketball wise for sure. No doubt about that. So and then you know after after we played that year I went back over to Belgium. Uh, team ended up not paying us and mm-hmm. I broke my foot like the third day of practice while I was over there. So it was, you know, they, they didn't pay us. They were, they were giving us a little bit of money here and there, but not to your, what your contract was. And I was like, so I just got to, I just have to stay here, you know, cause I can't, I couldn't go to any other team. They're not going to take a guy with a broken foot. Um, and so then I ended up getting, getting healthy and went to a team in France Uh, broke my foot again in the same place, Uh, came back, uh, sprained my ankle really bad. Then I hurt my knee as well and had to have surgery on both of those, tried to give it one more chance in Belgium the next season. And I was just like, my body is just a, is an absolute mess right now. And so I was like, I'm done, got into coaching. (laughs) So so all these surgeries and everything, are you technically the
1: six million dollar man now jeff or i mean you know. <laughs> I, I have a lot of
2: uh i got a lot of metal in my body i guess you could say so. <laughs> all
1: right
0: jeff to wrap things up we we're gonna need to get a good story out of you with you and greg and adam i we know there was some shenanigans back in the day when you guys were in college we've all done it we've all been there i know i had my fair share Of shenanigans back in the day but give us a a good story of you three back in the day hanging out something funny that you look back on and you're like god that was hilarious that you get laughs at sometimes because adam told us there was plenty
2: Uh, there are I, i i'm just i'm trying to think of one that's just like you know the one i guess so i mean in the end let me just a lot of them are probably inappropriate, but they have probably a lot to do with us picking on Brunner. So I, 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 mean, one time when we were, we were playing golf, I mean, he hit the ball between his legs twice. That is an absolute true story. And he also, I believe hit one in the, in the pool at the Riverside casino too, as well on one of the holes too. But uh, <laughs> one of the, the funniest things probably was uh, you know, we always had shampoo and stuff in the showers and, and Bruner would for some reason wash his hair um, and (laughs) we didn't didn't have any. So it was uh, one of those things where we, you know, he would be washing his hair and we'd put shampoo over it and he kept on wondering where's all this smoke coming from, you know, it's still going and stuff. So, and he just could never quite figure it out. He'd come out of the shower, his eyes would be all red and all that kind of stuff. And we just keep, keep going on about our day. So it was, it was definitely, uh, there was a lot of shenanigans, uh, no doubt. And I, I would say that, uh, probably me, Jack Brownlee and, and Jr. Angle were probably, uh, the the host of many of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one more quick thing I wanted to
1: ask you coach too. And we, again, we know you're unlimited time here, but uh, when you coached at West Valley, you got into the coaching ranks and you coached a young Peter jock what was that experience like? Did you see what he was get, Could you tell right away what he was going to bring to Iowa when he went on to the collegiate level and, uh, who, who won the shooting contest between you and Peter back in the day? Yeah,
2: that was, a uh, that whole story is just, is, is kind of amazing. Um, so I think it was going, yeah, I think it was going into his junior year. Um, he had had patella tendon surgery that, um, you know, kind of hindered him, um, obviously he's the number one player of the year his freshman year in the country. And then he has this, this knee injury. That's, you know, like Amari Stoudemire had it, I think, and, you know, was never really as athletic, that type of thing. And so um, when he ended up coming over to Valley for Roosevelt, um, he, he wasn't that far removed from his surgery. And I do believe that that surgery takes a year to a year and a half to really recover from. And so you know, he's going through practice and stuff his junior year and and he just couldn't move. And I felt bad for him because I knew, you know, like that's that's not the player that, that you were. And and so, you know, we kind of just kept pushing and you know, physical therapy and that kind of stuff. And and at that point in time, obviously Pete could really shoot it, but he was also six six. So it's kind of like, well, are you three are you a four you know that type of thing and so and him not being able to move the way that he is is used to doing you know he couldn't put the ball on the deck and, and get to places that he wanted to be able to go and so i was like man you know i don't know is, is he ever going to get back to what he was and then i thought it was an open gym going into his senior year and I was there and he went up and dumped on someone and I was like, okay, now he's back, you know? And uh, obviously Pete wasn't really known for his athletic ability to begin with, but he was more known for his shooting. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I, I, I just felt really happy for him to be able to get back to, to what he was, because if I, I think there was probably a doubt in his mind that he, you know, that he was going to get back, but uh pete pete is a great kid i still talk to him every once in a while too and i'm i'm just i'm ecstatic that he's playing professional basketball i don't care where it's at you know to be able to do those things is is something to definitely be proud of and uh shooting wise yeah i'll give it to him he's a better shooter than me so i'll <laughs> i'll I'll take i'll take it out on that I'm, I'm more of a streaky shooter he's more of a pure shooter <laughs>
0: well we appreciate
1: the
2: honesty
0: all right coach well just wanna tell you, good luck this season. We're gonna be watching, we're gonna be rooting for you the whole way. Um, and honestly, thank you for everything you did as a Hawkeye. All those great memories that you guys created. We always look back on and at the start of every basketball season, which we're you know, we're right here starting out tonight against Longwood. So um just yeah, wanna tell you the
2: nine o'clock game.
0: That's late. I know. I was shocked. Grandpa Jerry's not going to stay up for that one. He's going to have to I know. I, that,
1: that's Ger- that's geritol time. I
2: mean, come on. Like, I'll, I'll be, I might be sleeping by then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to try to stay up. I'm so excited. And since it's the first game, I'll probably push through. <laughs> you sure. still
1: got the youthful family to wear you out. Mine's just called physical demise. So
2: yeah, I just don't. I just kind of don't sleep anymore because someone's always. <laughs> jumping on me or something like that so <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> all right coach well hey good luck this season we're going to be watching you and um thanks for coming on to the nebraska hawks nest we appreciate it
2: thank you guys i had a lot of fun right. and uh i think it's awesome that you guys got a podcast in nebraska hawks nest so that's <laughs> just that's the best <laughs>
0: you gotta keep the hawkeye spirit alive out here Man, if you ever need oh, a yeah.
1: recruiting Recruiting connections in Nebraska, Adams got him, so you know he. I'm sure he'd be more than willing to uh, help you out there.
2: So. Anytime you got a player, you just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll shoot him your way. Thanks, Coach.
1: Thank you, guys. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.